Hey friends, today I'm very thrilled to share some exciting news about my latest book, Positional Authority Ain't Leadership, Behavioral Science for Navigating Bullshit, Optimizing Performance, and Avoiding Ask Clownery. It's just been released and it's already soared to number one bestseller status across six categories on Amazon. It's a book that dives into how behavior analysis can revolutionize leadership and it's packed with insights and strategies for navigating complex organizational dynamics. But I know what you're thinking. There are countless leadership books out there, right? What makes this one stand out? Well, it's not just about theories and abstract concepts. Positional Authority Ain't Leadership is about actionable, science-based tactics that address real-world challenges. So if you're looking for a guide that combines behavior analysis and organizational behavior management with practical, down-to-earth advice, Positional Authority Ain't Leadership is the book for you. Hey folks, Dr. Pauly here, and thanks for joining me again on my Thoughts and Rants of a Behavior Scientist show where I take a look at common issues or phenomena in our personal and professional lives, give you my thoughts, sometimes rant about it, and hopefully provide you with a practical solution or two. In this episode, I'd like to give you just a few tips for providing tough feedback as taken from Brett DeNovi in my book, The Five Scientific Laws of Life and Leadership, Behavioral Karma. Uh, This is a very important skill to have, but unfortunately, it's very rarely found. Now, whether you are a supervisor, manager, teacher, coach, leader, or entrepreneur, the people you work with will make a mistake at some point, and you'll have to address it with them. While most of the time it's simple stuff, there will be times when the behavior might be unethical, unhealthy, dangerous, or just downright bad for them or the organization. If you don't take action, something bad might happen. On the continuum of bad, it might be as simple as the employee develops bad habits. Oftentimes, doing nothing to performance can be like doing something as the performer thinks it's okay or continues to access reinforcement for undesirable behavior. In addition, undesirable behavior can spread like wildfire through vicarious learning as the other employees think, well shoot, if he can get away with it, I can too. In most cases, it's less nefarious as employees, especially new ones, engage in these behaviors as it is just part of the culture or the way we do things around here. Now, I love looking at performance issues through the performance diagnostic checklist. It provides questions that allow you to flesh out the root cause of performance issues so you can provide an effective intervention. Sometimes the issue might be a lack of knowledge or skills. Oftentimes, it might simply be the performer doesn't understand the why or isn't aware of what they're supposed to be doing. Now, and still other times, they might not be in the habit and just need a reminder, or maybe they just need some equipment or help in developing a process. Then there is the other side, the consequence side, and this might involve a little self-reflection. For example, how often are they being observed and provided positive feedback and corrective feedback? Is the ratio of positive to corrective at 4 to 1? Or are they being asked to do too many things at once? The point here is this. Remember not to assume the performer is just lazy or perhaps that they can do something. The performance diagnostic checklist gives you a list of the right questions for determining what's at the root of performance issues. Now, if you're not familiar with the performance diagnostic checklist, Be sure to follow me on LinkedIn and check out some of my articles. I've written a couple on the topic. Now, the second tip is just going to be very simple. I'm not going to unpack this very much. Is just increase the immediacy of correction, not the intensity. 
Unfortunately, people just wait for behavior to occur and they try to ignore it and then they get frustrated and they increase the intensity and it creates all sorts of bad ripple effects when you do that. You're better off correcting behavior immediately and you're fine to do so as long as you are providing a rich schedule of positive reinforcement. If you're not providing that kind of schedule, if you don't have lots of good things happening for the performer, you're not saying lots of positive things to shape their behavior, getting them in touch with positive reinforcement, well then increasing the immediacy of correction and the frequency of it especially is going to be counterproductive. So, But it will work well under those conditions. The third tip is ask permission. Listen, everybody wants choices. They're a powerful reinforcer that can have a very strong ripple effect across an organization. If you need to deliver some tough feedback, ask the performer if it's a good time to do it. You might say something like, Hey Ben, I have some constructive feedback to share with you. Is it okay to share it now? This is a good way to convey respect. Nine out of ten times, they will say yes. However, it literally might be a bad time for them. If it is, ask them for a few options to meet when it's a better time. Getting them to say yes is like a quick win or a form of behavioral momentum. And this, of course, is assuming the behavior doesn't need to be addressed immediately because the behavior is unethical or potentially harmful. The fourth tip, use pinpoints and bring data whenever possible. When it comes to correcting behavior, it's important to be prepared with the following four things. A pinpoint of precisely what somebody is doing wrong, the negative impact that is occurring as a result of it, precisely what they should be doing, and the positive impact the desired performance will have. Make damn sure you stick to behaviors, not judgment. Nobody wants to feel judged or feel that they are a bad person. Stick to a behavior and ideally bring data. When you do this, it leaves you in a completely objective position. Essentially, you can let the data do the talking. And in the point where we talk about describing the impact that is occurring, make sure, and this is unpacking another tip to fit tip, make sure that you are showing them, right, that their behavior is having this outcome. And they might not even know it, right? It's inadvertent. But it is important that they understand and connect their behavior with not just the immediate outcomes, but the distal outcomes that they might not directly observe. For example, if it's a teacher who was coming late and not able to attend her morning supervision post, the principal might say something like, took a look at your time card and was surprised to find out you were late three out of five days last week. Unfortunately, when you are late, our supervision is thinned and it sometimes results in an increase in student misbehavior. Just yesterday morning, we had a fight occur in the areas you supervise. As I looked at the time card, I noticed that was a day you were late. Now, if the principal in this scenario had been walking around and positively reinforcing the teacher for being at their post, there's a very good chance that they wouldn't be late. Uh, but, you know, these things can still happen. So it's important to address it. And that's a good example of how to show them the impact of their behavior on the environment. And I'm sure that with that teacher in that scenario, it's inadvertent. They don't want those things to happen. Okay, the sixth tip is own your mistake. If for some reason you play a role, even a small part, in their poor performance, own it. After all, you aren't perfect. Besides, it's a good way to model humility and it can really serve to strengthen your relationship. When an athlete or team fails, a good coach thinks about what he or she can do differently. 
The folks you are supervising are like your team. You want them to perform well so they are successful. So if you've been putting too much on them or perhaps you haven't been providing enough positive reinforcement or maybe haven't gotten them the resources they need, admit it, apologize, and move on to what you need them to do. All right, the seventh tip is this, and this is the final tip. It's not what you say, it's how you say it. Look, your tone of voice can convey different things. One sentence can have multiple meanings just by accenting one word. For example, take the sentence, I didn't tell the boss you were late yesterday. Now, if I said it this way, I didn't tell the boss you were late yesterday, maybe I'm conveying somebody else did. If I said, I didn't tell the boss you were late yesterday, maybe I emailed or texted it to them. If I said, I didn't tell the boss you were late yesterday, maybe I told somebody else. If I said, I didn't tell the boss you were late yesterday, well, maybe I told them something else you did. If I said, I didn't tell the boss you were late yesterday, well, maybe I told them you were late all the other days. Given this illustration, it's easy to see that many times it's not what you say, but how you say it. Having tough conversations and giving tough feedback to people can be, well, tough, but it's often important for them the consumer, and the organization. And it's also important for you in your everyday relationships. In the end, try not to be too critical or focus too heavily on the negative. The goal of these tough talks and feedback in general should be to inspire and get performance moving in the right direction so that you can reinforce, not make the person feel guilty and stuck on what they did wrong. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Thoughts and Rants of a Behavior Scientist. Be sure to subscribe so you can get other episodes when they drop. Be well, and thank you for tuning in to the Thoughts and Rants of a Behavior Scientist show.